I think you're absolutely right. I mean, for all of us out there, we've got to figure out what do we really believe? What do we stand for? What's our identity? And I would say that most guys out there, I meet with a lot of people throughout the year, financial clients, guys that I'm coaching. Um, I would say that people think they have identity about what they want and who they are, and they use that word and they throw it around just like they throw around anxiety, I would think. Right. But if you really had to get them to put down pen to paper and run them through a few exercises, I don't know that they really know what their identity really is. Right. And it's easy to look at other people and use other folks as a, a measure of what success is. But that, like you said, that is short-lived. It's not going to be long-lasting. You need to know who you are. Other people's version of success is not necessarily going to fit yours. And if you want to have a long, sustained, successful life where you're thriving, you need to know this about yourself. You need to know who you are. Looking back on it now, what do you think that anxiety stemmed from back then? Because hmm. here's why I ask this. I've heard a lot of studies or whatever that says that when we're born, there's only we're kind of wired and created with only two fears that the research world can prove. And mm. that's fear of falling and fear of loud noise. So everything else has to be learned out there. So I'm curious for a guy who was at a very young age already kind of gripped with anxiety and fear, you probably didn't feel like, well, I didn't, man, I didn't have to learn that. It was on me. Like it can't, you know, I was right. consumed by it. But I'm curious if that's what the research world says is it's fear of falling and loud noise and everything else has to be learned. The positive part of that is we can unlearn it. Right. What is your thought on that of someone who even early on was gripped by these anxieties and where did that stem from? What I'm mainly focusing on on this podcast and what I've really kind of been gripped by lately is this idea of just, I would just call it for me personally as noise, just noise everywhere. And it's affecting our society. It's affecting me. It's affecting, it's affecting most people I know, whether they want to admit that or not. And we are just so bombarded by noise. There's a lot of noise out there that could be really, really, really good stuff. And if you have too much of it, then it becomes distracting. It becomes noise, right? So I would say it is absolutely crucial. Well, you're not going to have a immediate ROI that you can measure from doing something like this. Knowing who you are is absolutely crucial because otherwise you're going to let just your experiences shape what your identity is. And, I mean, that's a problem, honestly, because generally, like you said, the natural progression is to go to the negative, and the world tends to be negative, society tends to be negative about things. And so you need to truly know who you are and have that look inward for that answer and not outward. If you haven't done something like this, take the time to do it. And once you start to see the pattern of your life and how it has all unfolded, the vision of the future and where you're going becomes so much more clear. So if that's what you're after, if you want to really crystallize your vision, know who you are, move forward with confidence, knowing you're headed in the right direction, take the time to look back and notice where you've come from. So what I'm describing here is uh, over 2016, I was a, an information junkie. I was downloading podcasts. I was downloading audiobooks. I was downloading and saving websites to a couple of different PDF readers that I have. And I just thought, hey, I'm, I'm really organized here. I've got all these, PD, I've got all these uh, podcasts that I've subscribed to. I've got all of these 
PDF readers that I save websites to. I've got all of these, you know, things going on. And what I realized was even though those were good things, it just became too much. Yeah. Without me even realizing it. And so in 2017, I was just really gripped by this feeling of, you know, I've got to start simplifying as the new year comes. And so what I did was I started implementing a system here in my office where my staff, I would send them an email because what happened was I was trying to save these emails in my inbox of things that would come in, either a newsletter, maybe it's somebody that runs a podcast or a coaching service or a news service out there. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to subscribe to that newsletter. And I don't subscribe to a ton of them, maybe, maybe five or six, but it's always coming. It's always coming. And I couldn't read these articles. I couldn't get to them. And so I would, I would just keep them there in my inbox. And then the inbox just kept piling up and piling up and piling up. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I've got, this is not good because this is stressing me out every time I get in my inbox. So I said, okay, I've got a system. I'm going to print these articles off and I'm going to keep a folder. It's, and it says to read on it. And I thought, you know what, if I can have this folder that I carry around with me in my bag and just when I'm at home or when I get to the office in the morning and I'm grabbing a cup of coffee, I'll just pull out two or three of those articles and read them. But what happened? The folder filled up. And then I thought, well, I don't want to lug this giant folder around. <laughs> so now I've got this, I've, you know, I'm, I'm faced with this thing at the end of 2016 where I've got tons of podcasts. I've got a lot of audiobooks that I'm probably 25 to 50% of the way through and somebody else suggests another audiobook, And I'm like, oh man, I have heard a lot about that. I'll grab it and I go yeah. purchase it. And now I've got a new book in there. I've got notes on my PDF systems. I've got emails piling up in my inbox. And now I've got notes piling up in the folder over here. Okay. It's just, it's nuts. And the problem is there's a lot of things we can cut out of our life that is not good and it's not good for us. Yep. This is all good stuff. I think every podcast I was subscribed to was great, but it becomes too much. Let's assume that you are married just for this conversation. Having a conversation with your wife about what you both want. It sounds really simple, but how many of you out there have taken the time, and I'm saying no kids, you know, no distractions, sit down with your wife and begin to talk about where do we want to live? What do we want our lives to look like? How do we want our lives to affect the world or change the world? Um, what are our hopes? What are, what are our dreams? Like, have you taken that time and really dug deep into that with, with your spouse. Because oftentimes what guys will do, we just want to accomplish, right? We just yep. want to get to the next thing. We want to be respected. And some of us are trying to out earn our issues at home. If we just make more money, if we're more successful, or if we're more respected, then things at home will automatically get better. And I would say flip that thing upside down. Start at home. Start deciding what you want your family to look like, what you want your marriage to look like, start there. And when that is in a successful rhythm, that's going to flow into what you do for career. And you want to be remarkable at home, right? Like if, if we want to be excellent at what we do in career, wouldn't we want our lives at home to be excellent to, as well? What if we have all the success in the world and we come home and we're in a house full of strangers? What is that worth? Who can we even share our success with if, if those relationships are strained and if they're not open and honest and they haven't been invested in for years and years consistently? I think it's good for us to define what minimalism really is for those of you out there. And it's not just about giving up stuff. I think for a lot of people, just in the, the newer definition that people know of minimalism, they think, oh, I'm just going to go through and just give away all of my stuff, right? 
it's not just about that because giving away your stuff can be <laughs> really stressful as well. Yeah. You're thinking about, okay, I'm throwing out all this stuff that I've had for so long. Is this just a fad or a phase that I'm going through? Well, I want all of this stuff back. <laughs> and then you kind of catch yourself in the middle of it going, oh, maybe I shouldn't throw that out. Maybe I shouldn't throw that out. So it's not just about throwing things out, guys. It's truly about giving up the things that you think about in order to take back control of your time. Here's another one. This one might sound a little strange, but I'm what, ready. Bring what do you do when you walk in the door? After a long day at work, what happens? If you have kids, what happens? Your kids come running to the door. Yeah, it's an right? ambush. It's an ambush. Hey, daddy, good to see you. We missed you, all that kind of stuff. And eventually you make your way over to your wife and you're like, hey, how's your day? Yep. How you doing? Good? Cool. I'm going to go play with the kids or whatever. Well, here you go. This is a challenge to everyone out there. And I learned this from Andy Andrews, actually. Oh. He said, you should walk right by your kids. <laughs> I, say, know where you, I know where you're going with this. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Uh, I got to go say hi to mama first, and then then we can talk. Walk right by them and say, hey, babe, how was your day? Give her a big kiss, and then go back to your kid. Man, I am challenged. I will give you my word, and I don't give people my word on the spot very often, Wow! but I need you to check in with me on that. I will. I want to do that. I will. That's very cool. That's awesome. I think that that little simple act Again, the the defining moment, the ripple effect. You can have little defining moments, right? Yes. That will uh, that alone, I can tell already, will change a lot. And you're in finance, so you, that is like putting a hundred dollar bill in your bank account when you're 20 years old, and then you're a multimillionaire when you're in your 50s, right? <laughs> right. It's the same thing with your yep. marriage. You want to be a multimillionaire in your marriage and your relationship? Start putting those deposits in now regularly. That's a good tip. That's I awesome. just want to take that one step further. So one thing that, that does it says. To your wife, you are the most important person in my life, and I am going to act that out. And guess who else that says it to? Is the kids too? Yep. Oh wow, that marriage relationship—that should be the most important relationship in their life, and then us. And it gives them a sense of security because they know your parents are together. Minimalism is that thing that gets us past the things so that we can focus on the most important things. And that could mean different things again for you or me. But it's the thing that gets us past the thing so that we can spend more time on focusing on the most important thing or things. When you're home, be home. Yeah. When you're at work, be at work. And it's really freeing when you do that because a lot of guys feel guilty about not really being home when they're at home. So when they walk in into work, they're feeling that pressure. And then they go home and they're feeling like they miss out something. They're missing out on something at work, so they feel yeah. torn in that way. Just be. Be where you are. Cut it off. Step into your home. You're there. Same thing with work. Then you can work with reckless abandon, knowing that I put my time in at home, and they know when I'm home, I'm going to be home. But I want you guys to really let this sink in, because this spoke to me a lot about just the busyness in life right now, and what am I really focusing on? What's adding value to my life? But this came straight from the movie or straight from the book, and it says, at a time when people in the West are experiencing the best standard of living in history, why is it that at the same time there is such a longing for more? I think of that as a biologically based delusional craving, and that craving creates a disconnect where you're like a puppet whose strings are being pulled on. We feel restless. We feel always scratching and calling for more. It's why lottery winners are miserable. It's why homeowners have three-car garages. The first car creates an exponential rush of happiness and joy, 
And the second car comes about because we tire of the first car and we're all wired in society today to become more dissatisfied. We're encouraged to maintain the addiction through technology and information noise, as I mentioned. Americans have these blinders on and there's definitely an illusion of what our lives should look like, whether it's advertising or your Instagram or Facebook feed. It's this illusion that our lives should be perfect and that we feel happiness, and that happiness oftentimes comes from more stuff. But ask yourself this question, what do I want my marriage to be like? And if you want it to be the way it is now or worse, then don't do anything differently. Don't do these things that are going to change everything. Listen, when you do that the first time and go up and kiss your wife instead of kissing your kids first, it's going to be awkward. It's going to feel weird. Sure. Yeah. Um, but often as guys, like we're kind of waiting for the right time or waiting for someone else to do that or initiate that in, in relationships specifically. And we need to lead in that. We need to say, no, I'm going to start investing now. I'm going to start doing things differently now. I'm going to lead that process. And it might feel weird and I might stumble and it may not go exactly the way that I plan, but is it still worth doing? If you want to have a remarkable marriage, if you want to have great relationships in your family, if you want to enjoy being with your family, then yes. But this whole American dream, whatever that means to so many people or whatever our country was founded on, was the idea primarily around opportunity. It's what they wrote about. It's what they talked about. It's what they journaled about. It's the opportunity that they were trying to create. And that is morphed into materialism and stuff. One of the things that Hayes and I are trying to do to cut out some of the noise is this year we're trying not to watch television, trying to read every single night. It's crazy. Like television is one of those things that you think, I'm just going to cuddle up on the couch and watch a good show or watch a good movie. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to good as the enemy of great. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you could do that regularly and it's, there's nothing wrong. It's just, it's a good activity. It's not a great activity. Uh, Self-sabotage is a huge thing as well that we can build up if we're not super careful. Yeah. And I, I think to that, back to the Earl Nightingale is so much of our, our belief in ourself is what we tell ourselves, you know? So I think to that, you need to be doing something you believe in. You need to be doing something you're confident, not confident in. You need to do something that you're passionate about. But there's also, so step one is do something you're passionate about. Step two is you got to tell yourself that you're going to be successful, um, that you matter, and that you can be successful. You know? So there's so much power in your words. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of people get worried to talk to themselves because it sounds kind of weird. sounds maybe too sensationalist, but... It's a good idea to talk to yourself. It's a good idea that before you step into a meeting to say, I'm going to do well in this meeting. I'm prepared. I am you know, ready. I have something to offer uh, the people that I'm about to meet with. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I've said on the podcast plenty of times before, some of you out there will recognize this. I haven't said it in a little while, but you, know, you said it's okay to talk to yourself. Some people may not choose to talk to themselves because they think it's weird, whatever. So it's okay to talk to yourself. The truth is, and I understand what you were saying by that, but the truth is we're always talking to ourselves. Always. Whether you say, and I said that for a long time, it's like, I don't need to read my affirmations every morning. I don't need to read my gratitudes or my goals aloud to myself. That's kind of, I don't know, successful people do it. Yeah, but I don't know. That seems kind of weird. I don't need to talk to myself. I'll just go work. Well, the truth is, <laughs> I'm constantly talking to myself. <laughs> and the problem is, if you're not doing it with intention and design, 
and you're just living by default in that area, you're going to talk to yourself whether you think it's weird or not, but it's going to be super negative. Yep. I don't care who you are. It's going to be super negative unless you're intentionally designing it. And the cool thing is, like I said, when we own it, we can get to a position where it's it becomes habit and it becomes normal. And then suddenly all the negativity and all the negative people around us and the negative stuff, the things that are really harming our confidence and our belief, those now become really repulsive to us yep. because we're so used to living in a different way. Yep. So that's awesome, man. Thanks for bringing that. Guys, if you guys want to connect directly with us, please shoot us a message at info at success101podcast.com. Or you can catch us in the world of social media on Facebook and Instagram for me at success101podcast. Instagram. The Duke of Earls. The Duke of Earls. Best handle ever. <laughs> and Facebook and LinkedIn for you. But yeah, shoot us messages. Let us know what you're thinking, especially about confidence, self-belief, talking to yourself during the day. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that and what you guys are doing and just some success stories of you guys that have overcome some of that and you're living a totally different way that you thought you'd never live. Or maybe you think self-talk is silly and you know you want to voice that to us. Send it. We'd, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear what you're thinking and what you're doing. Send us some scientific stats on why you think that's silly, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also the whole minimalist thing, I'll turn it into that next time. I just wanted to get some data out to you guys today and just let you know how serious I am about making 2017 the year where I get more of the noise dialed down. And if you guys would love to join me on that journey, I'd love to hear what you're doing. And uh, and this is something I think is going to be life-changing for me because it's just gotten to a point where it's too much. And for a lot of you out there, you probably feel the same way. So keep tuning in to the Success 101 podcast. We've got a great lineup coming your way as, as we continue to keep doing the live shows also. Send us ideas and thoughts. Any guests that you can get me connected with, I'm always open to that. I shot that out a few weeks ago and got connected to some great guests. Don't send me anybody that you have no connection to whatsoever. That doesn't help me at all. Uh, but if you know some ends to some people that you can get me connected with and you think they would fit well in the areas of peak performance and uh, self-improvement and helping us reach our max potential each day, send them my way. I'd love to talk to you, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. See ya. See ya.